Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Lance's House of Sports. Don't forget to rate the podcast, share it with a friend, and tune in weekly for weekly podcasts. And we are back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode, first episode of 2024 of Lance's House of Sports. And it's your dynamic duo. I'm Lance Wyatt here with my co-host, Ben Gabriel. Good to be back, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Great to be back. I mean, live from my bedroom. Live, live from Ben's bedroom where uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful setting if you guys uh, probably don't know. but New TV stand? Sound bar? We don't have to go into full detail as we have <laughs> a lot of sports to talk about. What is that face expression for? I don't know. I wasn't done. Yeah. What, what, what else you got? What else you need to show? That show? oil diffuser. Wow. The sound bar, the wow. TV. Oh my gosh. Living luxurious <laughs> out here in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> uh, not as luxurious as uh, some of these uh, new head coaches that have been getting hired in the NFL, but uh, we'll get to there in a moment as the first big thing that we got to talk about is, of course, our Ohio State Buckeyes and the killer job we have done recruiting hella talent. Yeah. Over to Columbus for next season. The best. What you think about that, Ben? Uh, I can go through the list of names, or I can just let you go. Uh, I let you start spitting. I think I got them. I go mean, ahead, start spitting. Start spitting. It's been a hell of a last month for Ohio State yeah, I mean, uh, since uh, since the downfall to Michigan at uh, at the end of November. I mean, Will Howard, number six QB in the portal. Now he's a Buckeye. Yeah. Quinn Sean Judkins, number one <laughs> running back in the portal, Buckeye. <laughs> Caleb what? Downs, number one DB in the portal. What? Now he's a Buckeye. <laughs> Seth McLaughlin, what, number two interior offensive lineman in the portal? Buckeye. What? Julian Sain, number one quarterback in the country? <laughs> Buckeye. What? Who else did I miss? <laughs> I mean, you got the main guys right there. Did I get all of them? Uh, I mean. I think I killed it. Uh, you got all of them. I don't. I don't know what to consider Julian Sand because he's a part of the 2024 recruiting class. He just already committed yeah. to Alabama, yeah. and then he was after, allowed to transfer. He had a 30 day window where he could. Transfer. And then after the you know drum roll, if you haven't heard already, <sighs> biggest news of the year, and it's January. <laughs> Nick Saban retired from Alabama. Um, how how old was he? 71 years old. 72. 72 years old. Finally hanging it up. Same as Mr. Belichick. Not the only goat that hung it up this offseason is Mr. Bill Belichick, like you said himself, arguably known as the greatest coach of all time, also hanging it up. Yeah. And not to mention Pete Carroll as well, head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. That one was a little more surprising to me, but. I mean, he's 70. They were all 72 years old. Yeah. They're getting up there. It's understandable. They got to enjoy the rest of their lives. But it's always, you always hate to see it happen, especially a great coach such as that, the league. On both sides, college and the NFL, it will not be the same again. There's a, a lot of big shoes that are going to need to be filled um, for these teams. Uh, and we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, but we got to talk about what we think about this Ohio State recruiting class. I mean, not to mention the transfers that we've brought in from uh, other teams in college football. But we also have how many? Is it five? Five-star recruits? Something like that. That I mean, we that we are bringing in Aaron in, the, Scott, in our 2024 Jeremiah Smith class. Edric Houston. What? <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't, can't I can't name all the other ones. I mean, Mylon Graham is. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if he was a five star, but 
I thought he was, but then last I checked, he was. Yeah, he I think was he's bumped a down. Star, but um, whatever. And then I don't know how big of a deal it is anymore now that you know Julian saying twenty twenty four quarterback number one coming to Ohio State. Will Howard um, is he a graduate senior coming up this year? I don't know. He's a senior though. Yeah. Um, number six quarterback in the portal. We got two guys coming in to go along with Mister Air Nolan, the boy from Georgia. Just like that, from Kyle McCord to three very viable options for Ohio State. Yeah. And while it's obviously super early in the offseason, who knows what's going to end up playing out. Winter, um, winter lifting guys. already started. Say that again? Winter lifting already started. Yeah. We went back to a uh, old Urban Meyer tradition. I'm glad you are about to say that because I was going to say it later on. Go ahead. Yeah. You saw it, yeah. All yeah. The, every player starts with a plain gray shirt, and you have to earn the right to wear the Buckeye logo. Now. I love that. Yeah. It's about damn time we went back to that tradition. Seriously, dude. Yeah. Like I think Ryan Day understands that his job's on the line this season. I don't this think he up. can't be soft anymore. Yeah. It's, he has to be hard on his guys, you know, like not just a pat on the back anymore. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it should have been that from the start, but I feel well, like obviously, but. just with how, you know, we were obviously known as the best program in the conference, one of the best programs in the nation, if not the best program in the nation. And it seemed like we kind of let it get in over our head for a couple yeah. of years there. Took it for um, granted a little bit. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, and now, yeah, I guess I got to say it on this podcast, with Michigan now being defending national champions, there's no better time to start doing it than right now. And now with Michigan losing, you said seven projected first-round picks in the NFL not, draft. Not, not first round. They're losing. They'll probably lose like seven to ten players in the draft, and they're losing 40-plus seniors. Yeah. To I go mean, along with. So yeah, to go along with them losing Mr. Jim Harbaugh. Mr. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. It's classic, dude. Which, what did, what did you think about uh, that decision to finally uh, head over as uh, he accepted a head coaching job for a team he used to play for at quarterback, the Chargers. Yeah. They were San Diego beforehand, now known as the LA Chargers. But what did you think, what did you think about that move? I mean, it's a great job, but he took it because he's running from the NCAA. What's I that? mean, I, I, we were probably too young, but my dad tells me about it all the time. Uh, John Calipari, mm -hmm. he coached at Memphis and he cheated, yeah. and then yeah. he took the job at Kentucky, and then Memphis got hit with a bunch of different like you know penalties. Yeah. No, I've heard about that. Yeah, I mean, plenty. It's just it's same concept. I thought it was very interesting how it was a couple weeks ago it came out how he said he wanted a certain couple things in his con in his new contract, but the biggest thing that came out of it is that he wanted immunity. Yeah, and I feel Can't like as fired. soon as that came out, it was like okay, this guy's not coming back. Yeah, because he wasn't gonna get he. He, wasn't he has to get, get that it. from. He can't get that from Michigan. He needs that from the NCAA, if I'm not mistaken. It's just like if the NCAA doesn't like when they punish them, Michigan can't fire Jim Harbaugh. That's pretty yeah, much what that's he what wanted, he wanted because he knew it's he knows it's coming. Yeah, it's he just didn't want to be fired. So now here's my question about this: It's still going to get thrown on them, right? Because it was the team as a whole. Yeah, no matter what ends up happening, the program, whatever the NCAA yeah. rules. Yeah, I don't. They're not just safe because Jim Harbaugh left. I mean. Yeah. Their program is going to be in shambles for the yeah. next couple of years. Yeah, I feel bad for the uh, OC that's about to take over the reins. Um, <laughs> Sharon Moore? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess you could say I have respect for him because obviously he's great at what he does. But the one thing that killed it for me is that at the end of the season when Jim Harbaugh missed a few games, he started crying, talking about, <laughs> about how much he loved him, how they were doing it for him. That just pissed me off, man. Yeah. Like, bro, get a grip. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is your team. Like, yeah. recognize that. 
but yeah, with uh, Michigan uh, ending out on top, um, normally you think that teams like that, they're not rebuilding, they're reloading. But it almost seems like that may not be the case for this Michigan program. And it's, it's the perfect year for Ohio State to take advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, they're losing Roman Wilson, both their running backs, their quarterback, at least two defense linemen, at least two or three offense linemen. Yeah. No, all, all five of their offense linemen were seniors. Were they really? Yes. Like, they're going to be a Dang. completely different team. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see from their standpoint, but obviously the thing I'm most worried about is us Buckeyes. I mean, we've been struggling to get over the hump since winning it in 2014, and Ryan Day's on thin ice, if you ask me. I mean, he's a great coach, but at the end of the day, it's championship or bust as, with, in, as Ohio State. With how much money we just spent in the NIL, which Lane Kiffin claims is $13 million. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he doesn't win the Natty... I think he's gone. Like, I'm not kidding. I, and that like, doesn't even include all of the starters that we have returning for next season. Oh, yeah. It's G- unbelievable how many guys we have coming back. JTT, Jack Sawyer, Mecca Buka, Travion Henderson. Tyleek Williams. Tyleek Williams. Lathan Ransom. Yeah, Lathan Ransom. Denzel Burke. Denzel Burke. You like, said Igbuka, right? Yeah, Jordan Hancock. Donovan Jackson. Yeah. Ty Hamilton. Yeah. Cody it's Simon. It's crazy. What? We're back. We're, we're back. We're literally back. We are running it back. Take away Marvin Harrison, and we are still running it back. With a better quarterback. With a better quarterback. Yeah. And I mean, with options. We have Carnell Tate now. now. We have Jeremiah Smith, Brandon Ennis. Emeka. And I saw with Emeka Ibuki, he's been on the team a few years now. I was a little surprised to hear that he was returning, but I love it at the same yeah. time. I mean, at the beginning Unfinished of the business. I mean, I, yeah, at the beginning of the year, he's a top 10 draft pick, and yeah. at the end of the year, he's a second round draft pick. I feel yeah. like. After next year, he'll be, get, he'll be like top 10. Yeah, because I saw he's a little over 1,000 receiving yards away from the all-time record in Ohio really? State history. Yeah. Wow. I think that was a big reason why he's coming back. One, the draft stock. Two, chance to make history. And three, wants to go win an Addy with a better quarterback throwing to him. I'm just really curious who we're going to end up picking. You know, like most likely it'll be Will Howard. Yeah. But those freshmen coming in, they're no joke. I mean, no, they, they were, are no joke. They were, I mean, at least one of them. I was Aaron Nolan a four star? No, Aaron Nolan was. He was a. He was the number two rated quarter. He's a five star. He was a five. Okay, because last I looked, he was ranked number seven. Was he? Yeah, I think it was two four seven. Uh, it might have changed. Recruiting's weird because, like, on four will tell you. I think he's a five star. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, with two freshman five stars coming in and Julian Sand and Aaron Nolan, the competition is going to be lethal. It's going to lead to a fantastic spring game. Yeah. In a couple months. Yeah, well, Aaron Nolan's not going to be on the team in the spring. Because he'll still be in. He, he's not enrolling till the summer. Oh, That's wow. why people don't think he's going to play. Because Julian Sands already enrolled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, no, so, I knew is that. Will, and so is Will Howard. They're yeah. both at. Okay, so it's They're both be, winter lifting. They're both doing spring practice. So it's going to be Sands versus Howard in the spring game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Damn, that's kind of that kind of sucks for uh, Aaron Nolan. I wanted to see how he looked with all of our talent. It was a whole season, game. and then yeah, I know, I understand. After that, I understand. He'll have his opportunity. Yeah, I know, I know. It's going to be a battle though, because yeah. I I love his mentality. As you know, they're telling him, "Hey, we're bringing in the number one quarterback in the nation Do in it. your class." Yeah, and that's exactly what he said. I think that's the exact type of players you want on your football team. Who are you most excited for? Like out of. All the new guys, even returning. That's a really tough question. I want to go with Quinshawn Judkins. Yeah. Just because I love running backs. Yeah. And his run style is, I feel like it fits perfectly with our offense. Yeah. And if you, if we have a tandem of him and Travion Henderson next season. When we have a tandem. 
Not yeah, yes. Yes. They're both going to be there. My mistake. My <laughs> mistake. When we have that tandem. Yeah. Like. It's the best backfield. In, in the nation. Yeah. By far. And now you give us a, a, a solid quarterback too. I mean, no disrespect to Kyle McCord. But, but like, I, I did not <laughs> like what he did. Because, you know, Syracuse still had a bowl game yeah. at the end of the month. And yeah. he's sitting on the sideline with Syracuse. Well, yeah, once you transfer, you're off the team. I once just, you put I your think, name in the portal, you're off I the think team. that's a major role that needs to be changed in college football. Well, I don't know. In the NCAA, in my opinion. If, once you put your name in the portal that you tell your school you're transferring, you're off the team. I, I do not like think right. the portal should be open until the season's over. So you think Kyle McCord's going to come play for Iowa State after he told the team he's transferring? Okay, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying, though. I'm just talking about the rules in general. You don't like, like the portal? I'd love or, the like, portal. wait till after I the love bowl the games? Or? I think the portal shouldn't open until the season fully ends. Because it's ruining what bowl games have meant in history, you know, and what they still mean today. I understand everyone plays for one goal, and that's a national championship, but... You know, let's be honest, outside of those top 15, top 20 programs in the country, you know, it's going to be pretty unlikely. And yeah. those bowl games still mean a lot to a lot of those a lot of those schools, a lot of those programs. And it kind of just goes into the mud. Like, it doesn't even matter. You know, you're looking at this game and you're looking at who's playing for this team and you look and you see their entire starting lineup is not playing because they all entered the transfer portal. Yeah. I, don't, I just think that's something that needs tweaked in college football, in my opinion. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. But I love the transfer portal. I love that players don't have to wait a year to play anymore. Yeah. I think that was a terrible rule. Because people still forget that they're also student athletes, you know, and it forces these kids to stay in school for six, seven years because they had always had to wait a year before they transferred. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like what they've been doing, but I still think there's a couple tweaks that need to be made. Yeah. Well, going back to my original question, I'm pretty excited for Caleb Downs. Oh, yeah. And that's what I was going to say, though. Caleb That's Downs, funny how you say that. Freshman of the year in the SEC. Yeah. And probably already the best safety in college football. And the reason why I'm upset that you said that, because I was going to say the same thing, and <laughs> I thought you were going to be surprised by it. Yeah. But I just feel like we haven't had like a top-in-the-nation secondary player. It's been a while. It's been a while. Like We've, we've turned a lot of talent to the pros. Since... Uh, I want to say since the championship name? days. No, we've had a... What's, Played for the Lions, couldn't stay off injury. Oh, Jeff Okuda. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Jeff Okuda was a dog with us. I feel like he's kind of been struggling in the pros, but he, but he was, was a top he, five pick. Yeah, and he was. And was it his second year in the league? He went through a pretty bad injury. First year. Well, it was his rookie year. And his second year, and his third year. I'm pretty sure. I don't think he's made it through a full season yet. Yeah. Because with him coming in, it's it's a big question on who's going to end up getting the boot in our starting secondary, whether you know Jordan Hancock or Sonny Styles, what, what it's going to be. Rumor has it that Sonny Styles is going to switch to linebacker. I mean, I understand how he could do that because he's really built. I mean, but, could you imagine how tall is he? Six four, six three. Uh, I was thinking six three. Yeah, six three two forty. Yeah, two thirty five. Twitter rumors. Inside sources or? Yeah. Because <laughs> I know sometimes you got those inside sources yeah, and do. sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're pretty right. I mean. Yeah. I've been pretty. You've been on the money. Most of the time. Yeah. Uh, I'd honestly be all for that because I'm a Sonny Styles stan without a doubt. No, yeah. I, he's going to see the field. Yeah. Or like when, I feel like we play five DBs a lot and like yeah. he'll play the nickel, you know, yeah. like he'll play. He's going to be on the field. He what, has like to in, be. 
What, like in the slot? <sighs> Whether it's in the slot or it's when we run like f- yeah. four defense linemen, two linebackers. Yeah. And then Sony Styles can play that in between the linebacker and the yeah. DB, the nickel, yeah, yeah, yeah. that nickel spot. I don't he'll probably guard the slot. He can he can guard anybody. Running back. I wouldn't say anybody. He's still developing. But anybody in the Big Ten. He's got yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I'd, all right. I'd agree with you there. Yeah. I mean, as a nickel, like what, they're gonna put him on a tight end, they're gonna put him on a running back, they're gonna put him on the slot receiver. He'll never be guarding the outside guy. Uh, some of the best slot receivers could give him some trouble, but some of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if that's the game plan going into the offseason, then I'm not worried about it at all. If he spends no. his whole offseason preparing for that. Yeah. I mean, you know Caleb Downs is starting. Yeah. Like, there's Without no doubt. doubt. I mean, Jordan Hancock has looked good last year. He should start. Yeah. He didn't, I didn't think he looked great, honestly. Like, I thought him and Sonny were very similar players. And then he's going to be there in the secondary. Because, like I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, a lot of turnover, not just in college football, but in the NFL as well. And I get, I get you know, we, I guess I got to mention it, you know, with, you know, college football playoffs, Washington, Texas, um, Bama, Michigan. Three head coaches in the, out of those four playoff teams are, are now no longer coaching their team. Um, and one of them transferred to another team. Um, what do you think about that pickup for Alabama? I thought it was a little rushed. You think? I can't like I don't want to say they settled because I do think he's a good coach, but yeah, they could have gotten anyone they wanted, like legitimately anyone they wanted. I don't know. I just felt like it happened so fast. Like they, there's no way they took their time unless they knew Saban was retiring. Before. I feel like the way it went down, I feel like they had to have known it was coming. Yeah, um, because he got it hired was, like the next day. Yeah, I was a little suspect about it too, but you go and look at Kalen DeBoer's resume. No, he's nice. And he's won everywhere he's been. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he hasn't been in a t- ton of situations, but how long was he at Washington for? A year? Was it only one or year? was it two years? Might have been two. I want to say it was only a year because yeah. Michael Penix had just transferred, and Penix transferred because of him. And with that being first year on Washington and turning that program into that in one year, being that close to winning a natty, yeah. I mean, I think he deserves it. Granted, Alabama ended up going through some pretty bad turnover, but you have to I mean, expect they that. lost their two best players to Ohio State in the yeah. portal. Yeah, but I mean, when you lose your goat head coach, it's going to take time to rebuild. Yeah, you know, and while they're still going to have plenty of studs there, um, I think it's understandable he's going to have to prove it while being the Bama head coach that you know you want to go and play for him. But yeah, I think it was a good move at the end of the day. We'll see how it ends up turning out. I do think it was a little rushed. I agree with you. Yeah, but props to him. They yeah. knew they knew their guy and they wanted him and they got him right away. Yeah, I mean, if you're, I feel like we've talked about this. If you get a phone call and it's Alabama and they're like, "Yo, we want you," <laughs> and you're in Washington, you're like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." You don't even yeah. hesitate. It's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. But going back to Jim Harbaugh, you know, making it back to the pros, playing with a team he used to be a quarterback on in the L.A. Chargers, he's getting a chance to, you know, fix this L.A. Chargers team and a team that has a ton of talent and they struggled mightily under Brandon Staley the last couple of years. We talked about it all the time. What do you think about that move for the Chargers and what do you think it's going to do for them? Yeah, I mean, they can't be worse. Yeah. <laughs> like right. they they weren't bad, but with the talent they have, you expect them to be so much better than they continue to be, mm-hmm. you know. They so were I, going through a ton of injuries too though this they season. They were. They were. 
But I, I just feel I don't know Herbert and Keenan Allen and I know Mike I, Williams got hurt, but yeah. I mean, the main reason why I like it is Justin Herbert got his guy. Yeah. I think Justin Herbert's more ecstatic, ecstatic than anybody in the league right now. Um, I mean, we'll see if there's anyone that's going to fix his ways of beating some of these top quarterbacks in the league. I think it'd be Jim Harbaugh. I mean, you saw now that he's in the NFL, he's technically now the active winningest head coach in the NFL. Did you see that? Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll pull up the list real quick here. I mean, they still considered Bill Belichick on this list because they're not too sure if he's going to end up getting one of the remaining Atlanta slots available. Or, yeah. Um, no, uh, the only slots oh, available Atlanta right now are the Washington Commanders and the Seattle Seahawks. We'll get into that more in a second with – the active leaders in career win percentage in the NFL right now is after Jim Harbaugh, Matt LaFleur, the Green Bay Packers. I was very impressed by that. And then following that was Nick Sirianni, followed by Bill Belichick, and then Andy Reid. With Andy Reid, he's, I think he's now considered the best coach in the NFL. With yeah. Bill Belichick most likely being out. Yeah. I mean, Andy Reid's a dog. There's a lot of head coaching turnover that has been going on in the NFL. And with one of them being a, your boy. I don't know if you even know this. Bengals offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, Brian Callahan. Um, he ended up getting the Tennessee Titans job, filling in for uh, Mike Vrabel. Um, I think that's a great get for the Titans, honestly. It is. He's um, been doing a great job. I mean, we'll see who they end up using at quarterback. You got to think it's going to be Levis with the way he played at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I think it meshes so well because of the quarterbacks Callahan has coached previously in his career. I mean, just naming off a couple names. I mean, Joe Burrow, we've seen what he did with Joe Burrow. Took him to the Super Bowl one time, nearly won it. Coach Peyton Manning, back in his heyday, when he was still on the Denver Broncos before he ended up retiring, um, as well as Matthew Stafford and Derek Carr. So he's coached a lot of great quarterbacks in the NFL, and with a chance to develop a quarterback such as Levis, I like it for the Titans, honestly. No, yeah, I mean – they're going from a defensive-oriented head coach to an offensive-oriented head coach, and yeah. I feel like offense is what they've been lacking most yeah. in the past few years. So I think it's definitely good for them. And, man, talking about coaching turnover, and we didn't even talk about the new coordinator that Ohio State got. Oh, yeah. Bringing in Bill O'Brien from the NFL. Yeah. What'd you Okay, seriously, though, what would you think about that? Everybody was hating on it, but, I mean, he's been successful in college. Yeah. He might be shitty in the nfl but like so is nick saban yeah so is urban meyer like some guys are just built for college mm-hmm. and i think he's one of those guys and i mean he won the natty with alabama and when bryce young was there uh he was a part of that staff wasn't he yeah 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 i mean not upset about it i, I honestly loved the get yeah i mean even if he isn't a successful coach in the nfl i mean he's been through it and he has experience he has lots of experience yeah and i think if he can have any type of success it'd be with this team we got coming in next year. I hope he's calling plays. I hate to say that. He can't be worse than Ryan Day. Yeah, I Ryan agree with you 100%. Like actually the worst play call I've ever seen in my I'm life. I'm sure that'll be the case. <laughs> I'm sure that's why he hired him, honestly. Yeah. He um, had to have been right. Like That's kind of what I was thinking, too. Cause bring in someone that Heartline can learn under for a few years. Mm-hmm. It'll work out. What do you think this means for Brian Heartline, though? I mean, because he's just is he just going back to his... You mean he's co-offense coordinator? Okay. I don't. Okay. People want him calling plays, but he has no experience as a play caller. Yeah. People would be like, "Oh, he'd be a great play caller," but he only has experience as a wide receiver coach. Like, I feel like he needs a good offense coordinator that he can learn under for a few years and yeah, 
build up his resume a little bit. And that's know? a good point, honestly, because I mean, as talented as our program is, we haven't really had a ton of that, especially during the Ryan Day era. Yeah. Um, so this is the first time we bring in someone with that type of caliber. It's going to be very exciting. I don't know. All, all we can do is wait, which sucks, but that's why we got basketball, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> how, how about the Patriots, though? You know, deciding yeah. to part ways with Bill Belichick, bringing in former player, former Super Bowl winner, former, or not former, he was a part of the staff already, Jared Mayo, hiring in-house to replace the GOAT, Bill Belichick. Yeah, I like huh? it. Yeah. I think it's fresh start for them, you know? Mm-hmm. If it doesn't work out in the next couple of years, I mean... The reason why I like it is because, you know, he obviously knows exactly what Belichick was all about, and he's going to be able to keep that culture there. Yeah. I feel like they still want to keep that Belichick culture alive, and I don't think there's anyone better to do that than someone that played under him for, I want to say, eight years, um, won a Super Bowl. I mean, he was technically injured, didn't end up playing in the postseason, um, but they won. Got to, he, won a, he won a ring. Got to give him that. He was a part of that team. He's got a chance to do a lot with this Patriots team, a team that has a boatload of salary cap, a lot of money to spend. Yeah. Um, a lot of great draft picks available this year. Um, a lot of opportunity for this New England Patriots team. It'll be very interesting to see which route they go in, see uh, which big player they decide to go get, because they're going to get somebody. Yeah, they will. They're going to get someone big time. They might get a few big time players to go along yeah. with um, to go along with whoever they end up drafting. But What pick do they have, two? I think they have three, because the yeah. commanders have two, and then Bears I think have they have one. three. Bears have one. There's yeah. going to be options for him there in the first round. Whether he wants to go ahead and take one of those quarterbacks. Take Marvin. Bulk up that O-line. Draft Marvin Harrison. Yeah, because I've accepted it. I don't want the Bears to get rid of Justin Fields, but they're going to. It's going to be a sad day. As You're already saying that? It's going to happen. I know everyone in the world is saying that, but. My dream scenario for them is trade back in this draft. Keep Trade back to three or four. The first three picks will be Caleb Williams, probably Drake, Drake May. May, and then Jaden Daniels. Yeah, and then Marvin will go four, so they can, you know, trade back to the fourth pick. Yeah, get extra draft picks. Keep Justin. Get Marvin. You still have your eighth or ninth pick. I forget which one it is, but get a lineman. Get ninth a defensive pick. lineman. Well, I feel like the reason why some people question that getting Marvin, which I think is crazy, but I'm going to say it anyways. You know, like people have a lot of, you know. A lot of respect for Roma Dunze. Yeah. And what he's doing, Malik Neighbors. Um, is there anyone else that's projected to go first round? Keon Coleman. Keon Coleman, thank you. I mean, there's a lot of Keon talent Coleman's in this dropped, draft. Though. I heard he's been falling, but I still think he's going to be a first-round pick. I think he's going to be a first-round pick, but like, what yeah, if he, he falls to late. the Bengals? Oh, 18. God, we're not getting into that. What if he does? That's for another <laughs> pod, for another day. <laughs> we got to have like a giraffe night pod. Yeah, we can. Like when the draft is going on, we're talking about it. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, no, we definitely can. Um, how about uh, the Carolina Panthers replacing Frank Wright with uh, Dave Canales, uh, former Bucks offensive coordinator? Um, I think that was a really interesting move yeah. because the Panthers used to have Baker Mayfield. Didn't work out. They ended up releasing him, if I'm not mistaken, just for him to get was, signed by the Bucks the next year and have a career year taking him to a playoff. Taking him Did, to the playoffs. He was running a D lineman on the practice squad. Yeah, for the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, and now they bring in the guy that was his successor, honestly, over in Tampa Bay. 
Um, what do you think about a move like that? Bringing in Bucks offensive coordinator Dave Canales. It's a good move. I don't think it's fantastic or anything yeah. special. He, you never know. He could turn out to be great, but yeah. A coach that I don't, has I don't, I don't know a lot about. He him, hasn't so. had a ton of experience. I yeah. want to say this is his first time getting a head coaching gig. Yeah, maybe you um, know, maybe it's for him. Yeah. It's just very interesting how, I mean, there still are a couple jobs out there, as in uh, the Washington Commanders, as they're still looking to replace Ron Rivera and uh, Seattle Seahawks, who are looking to replace Pete Carroll. And I, I think there's a couple big names still out there. You know, Bill Belichick, it'll be very interesting to see if, he, if one of those teams take him. It's not looking promising. It's looking like he may not be in the league next year. I don't think he. Which will be I very think he's strange. Retire. I feel like if he was going to retire, he would have done it already. Like, why would he retire if he's, you know, um, getting interviewed for all of these head coaching jobs over in L.A., Atlanta, you know? Well, L.A.'s out. <laughs> it, I mean, it Atlanta, just shows that he's not ready to be done with football. Atlanta's out. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta, they just brought in uh, Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris. Um, and Actually, I believe he does have experience as a head coach. He's the only coach that got hired this offseason that has had previous head coaching experience. Who? Um, his name's Raheem Morris. He was the Rams defensive coordinator this past season. Um, he's been their defensive coordinator for the past three seasons, I believe. Um, they have pretty good defense. And what Adam Schefter says is that there's a lot of respect for him around the league. Yeah. Um, but he's had head coaching experience from when the Falcons fired Dan Quinn way back when. Um, and he was, was the like interim, interim. Yeah. He was an interim head coach for them as he was on their coaching staff. Um, he didn't lead them to a great record. I want to say four and six. Four and six or six and four. Um, it wasn't great. Um, but he has experience. Yeah. And now he's coming back to Atlanta. They hired him back, so they must have liked him. Bringing in a defensive mind and head coach for a Falcons team that, you know, I guess he, they do have some, a lot, they do have a few skill players um, out in the, especially in the secondary for the Atlanta Falcons. But I mean, the big part is how are their skill players on the offensive side going to be used? Because that's yeah. how Arthur, Arthur Smith was just getting shamed again and again, week in, week out, everywhere in the media, outside of the Pat McAfee show, because they were close. I mean, he because, deserved it. Because he wasn't given his best player, his two best players, arguably, Dijon Robinson and Kyle Pitts, the football. And Drake London. Yeah, none and Drake them, London. None of them get the ball. I don't know if you want to pin that on the coaching or the quarterback play. They're both really bad. Yeah. Um so, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's going to be tough for Raheem Morris to come in and uh, fix that franchise around. But if it's a franchise that Bill Belichick wanted to try and turn around, there's got to be some promise there somewhere. I mean, and um, they almost made the playoffs. Uh, because of their division, yeah, how bad it but was. That's still, like, as a head coach, you're going into a, the easiest division in the NFL. Like, Yeah, that's true. He could that's go true. in and actually make some noise. Yeah, no, that's very true. So a lot of respect to him. Yeah. I don't want to say it's well-deserved as – that Rams defense was okay up, up to par. Yeah. It was up to par, led them to the playoffs. Yeah. You could argue that game against the Lions in the wild card. Just a couple things didn't go their way. Yeah. But good for him. How about uh Raiders sticking with their guy, Antonio Pierce? He was the interim head coach after they fired Josh McDaniels just a few weeks into the season. That's a great move. I love that move for the yeah. Raiders. I mean it, it seemed like he was like the definition of like a player's coach. Yeah, like for sure. Everybody seems to love him. You know, he brings a good atmosphere to the team, to a just a dog shit NFL program. I mean, all, right. <laughs> <laughs> all the 
the amount of scandals they had the past 16 months is just unreal. I mean, there was more before that, too. But, yeah, I know. I mean, it'll be very interesting to see who ends up taking that commander's job. And the Seahawks as well, but if you're someone who's looking to get a job in the NFL right now, is the commanders your top priority ever right now? <laughs> would you like? Would you want to go coach the Washington commanders right now? I feel like they're... I feel like they have the most problems out of any other team in the NFL. They just have no... They have nothing going for them. Like, no. Uh, in my opinion. Terry McLaurin is great, but... Outs- mm, you're reaching. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> that's my point. If he's their best player, like, they have a problem. Yeah. That was going to be my next point. Like, if like if Terry McLaurin's your best player, like, no disrespect, because, like, he does, he does his job very well, but... They have I don't even know who their quarterback is. I, I mean, mean, it's Sam Howell right now. Sam Howell. I yeah. honestly have a little faith in him. Honestly, yeah, it'll mean, be. I mean, it's as of, as of right now, it's looking like the Commanders are going to select a quarterback with the number two overall pick, looking yeah. like Drake May. Um, Another North Carolina guy. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be a mistake. Honestly, oh, I, think, I agree. I think if you're not getting <laughs> Caleb Williams in this draft, I think. It'd be smart to either trade down, yeah. draft a quarterback way later. Think, way later. I think Jane Daniels has a ton of upside, though. I, I, you don't? I think he has some upside. I mean. He's a dog. Don't get me wrong. He's a dog. I honestly. Well, he did to those SEC defenses. Like, yeah. Normally, those guys work out. Like, yeah. And he's a dual threat. You like him more than Drake May, though? Because I'm not a Drake May fan, respect, but he can throw the football. I don't respect he the teams that he has to play in college. Yeah. yeah. Being in the ACC, like. But we see that all the time. I know. I know? Josh Allen went to North Dakota State. That's a prime example. Yeah. Oh, he went to Wyoming. Did he? Yeah. Did I he think really? you're thinking of. Who am I thinking of? From you're thinking of. Was it? It was Trubisky Trey Lance or something. Trey Lance. You're yeah. Of Trey Lance. I think. Um, I don't even. But even like you know, like Lamar went to Louisville. Yeah. Like they don't like, play too much talent over there in the ACC. Out of maybe they played a good Clemson team. Maybe I don't even remember if they played them. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a concern. Even yeah. Caleb Williams is a concern. I don't think, I don't uh, know. I think Caleb Williams is going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. I think there's just, I think the concern right now is, is he going to be just another system quarterback or is he going to be a top five quarterback in the league? I think that's the debate right now. I think he has a chance to be both. I don't think he'll be a bust. I think he's got too much talent to be a bust. He could be bust worthy. You think so? He just. I mean, he didn't look super promising, especially at the end of this past season. He didn't season look with promising against top twenty-five teams in college football. Like, if you can't, if you can't manage to throw them less two picks a game in college, I don't know what, what's going to happen in the NFL. So those defenses are a lot better. Coaching's a lot different in the NFL. Too. No, I agree. I understand he had a great coach in Lincoln Riley. But the best, probably the best quarterback coach in college football. I don't know. He still had a good year. He did. I mean, I think you're Caleb a little the too best, down. Probably on. the best player in the draft. Yeah, I think Marvin's probably overall the best, but Caleb Williams is the most valued as a quarterback. Yeah, I just think like the quarterback class this year is. I don't want to say overhyped because it's really. Only I think it's two. a little overhyped. The fact that Jane Daniels is probably going to go three in the draft is like. It's. I think it's crazy. Yeah, was he even a projected first round pick a couple months ago? I don't think so. And now he's projected top three. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I they're good quarterbacks. Don't get me they wrong. Are. I just why in this draft are you reaching for these quarterbacks? Caleb Williams, it's understanding. He should be number one. 
Yeah. Unless you're a team that has your quarterback, which yeah. the Bears, I know Justin's not great, but give him a few more weapons, let him develop a little more. And an offensive line. Maybe, maybe like get a, Matt Eberflus out of there. How many I games, don't know. How many games did they go? Like they went into the fourth quarter up 10, 10 points and lost probably like three times this year at least. Like they really weren't as bad as their record said they were. Yeah. I agree. I think they need a new running back. And when as Justin well. Fields would actually play, they wouldn't normally win. Like, yeah. I mean, I definitely think he needs to get better at feeling feeling out the pocket, feeling out yeah. the presence of the defense. That's coaching, and he hasn't had a any really. Yeah. Last um, good coach he had was Urban Meyer. Ryan. And apparently Urban Meyer's insane now. So <laughs> when I don't know. If he got hired as Ohio State's head coach, I'd be ecstatic. <laughs> right now? Right now. You want him back? <laughs> if we fired Ryan Day right now and went and got Urban Meyer tomorrow, you're happy with that? I think I'm happy with that. I don't know. You can't force something back. It's already gone. Yeah. He works for the school. It's Does not, he? Yeah. What's his role? He was... Uh, I thought he works for Fox. Big Newt. He does. But that's what? How many months out of the year is that? Five? Yeah, four or five? Yeah. I mean, I think he has something to do with like the NIL committee at Ohio oh, State. Wow. How about CJ Stroud, though? A platinum member now? What's that? What do you mean? Um... Because uh, he donated a boatload oh, of money yeah. to our NIL, whatever we call it. I'm not too sure, but he's a platinum member like, now. Yeah. He's the first ever former student athlete to donate that type of money. Yeah. They didn't say the exact amount, but it was at least 50000 to up to 500000 I think. Yeah. It was I mean, a lot of money. He has bread. He does. And he's going to get a lot more here in a couple of years yeah I mean, probably, that, bo- that yeah. boy's a superstar at one, some point he's going to be the highest paid quarterback in if the there's NFL. one thing we should be talking about <laughs> it's cj stroud and the way he played this his rookie season in the nfl and granted they didn't end up winning the playoffs but i thought he looked fantastic i thought he looked fantastic yeah um he's i in my opinion now this is just my opinion and i don't think a lot of people agree with me i think he's a top seven quarterback in the nfl today the way he's been playing. He might be top five. And he might even be top five. He might be number five. I'm glad you I'm glad you with me on that. There's a lot of great quarterbacks in the NFL, but the way just how poised he would play, what he would like he could read the defense so well. I feel like that's so under the only like game I he looked like he struggled was the Ravens and he literally yeah, but, had less than three seconds to throw the yeah, ball. Every he had no time. time to throw the football. Yeah. We're talking about the best defense in the NFL. Team that's looking like they're on the way on their way for something great. Right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. That's the only game I really saw him struggle. He made the Browns. The Browns had the best rated defense in the league. He made them look very pedestrian. He that, made the, them look in the wild card round. Yeah, extremely mediocre. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I agree with you 100. percent Yeah, that was a hell of a game though. Joe Flacco, C.J. Stroud. There's a lot of out. hype built up onto it. Well, because it was first quarter was crazy. Yeah, and then it just started getting a little out of hand. It was like um, pick six, Texans touchdown. Like yeah, pick six. Yeah, and ne- next thing <laughs> you know, twenty four points. Yeah, it's like wow, this game's over. But um, he showed a lot of promise. Won a lot of money on that season. Game. In the- <laughs> yeah. yeah, you and me both. <laughs> but let's get into these big time games. Um, it's playoff time, obviously. Um, February is right around the corner. The Super Bowl is right around the corner. And we got, you know, some ex- extremely exciting matchups. And with the first one on Sunday at uh, 3 o'clock, probably the best quarterback matchup we could get other than Mahomes-Josh Allen, in my opinion, because that's a for-sure rivalry. 
Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, it's looking like he's going to be the MVP of the 2023 season. Um, Ravens are 11-2 in their last 13 games. And one of those losses was in week 18 when they sat out all their starters against the Steelers. <laughs> yeah, um, There's no team in the NFL hotter right now than the Baltimore Ravens. Um, they have the best defense in the league. They lead the league in sacks. They have the best run offense in the league. But then at the end of the day, he's going up against the inevitable Patrick Mahomes. And it's this is probably the toughest game I've had to bet on all year. <laughs> As we're talking have to about, bet on it. <laughs> yeah, have to. Are you kidding me? It's the playoffs. Have to. You're right. Um, Chiefs are going into Baltimore in the MT Bank. Yeah. MT Bank Stadium. As a three and a half point underdog, Mahomes is eight and three all time in his career on an underdog. The fact that he's only been an underdog 11 times is bizarre. That's beside the fact. Yeah. Mahomes is going in as an underdog against this tough, ferocious Ravens team. Uh, spread, like I said, is at three and a half. Over, under, posted, kind of low, in my opinion, at 44 and a half. I feel like that's saying something, um, but I'll let you go into detail about what you think. I mean, I think the Ravens are the best team in the NFL, and I expect them to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't think they're going to roll past the Chiefs, but, I mean, Lamar's playing like the best player in the NFL right now. Just the fact that he's still running as good as he had his whole career in his throwing, like his ability to throw the ball has only improved. Yeah. And you can give credit to his receivers too. Zay Flowers, rookie receiver, he's been tremendous this yeah. season. The Isaiah addition likely of, stepped up when I, Andrews went out. And do we know if he's going to be back in these next couple of weeks? I heard it's a possibility. Andrew, he could be back this weekend. Yeah, I heard it's a possibility. That oh, would be crazy. That I don't would think he'd be, be huge. Like, I don't think he'd be fully available, but even if he can get on the field for 50% of the snaps, that'd yeah. be massive. Even 35%. Yeah, like, yeah it's a I big agree. Deal. I agree. He's, you could argue he's the second best tight end in the National Football League. Yeah. And you bring him with Isaiah Likely, a guy that has had a huge year filling in his shoes. Yeah. Um, Zay Flowers, rookie, dog. Odell Beckham Jr., dog. He's got that culture in him. He won a Super Bowl not, not just a couple years ago. Yeah. Granted, he got injured in that game, but he was a part of that team. He was a part of that culture. Rashad he, Bateman isn't that bad either. And Rashad Bateman as a wide receiver three, I mean, I know I was giving him a lot of crap last year as a wide receiver one on that team, but you bump him down to three, it doesn't look too bad. He looks like yeah. a good player. Yeah. And so I give credit to the team as a whole, whether it's Lamar I'm making the receivers look good, whether it's the receivers looking Lamar look good. The whole team has it come together, and yeah. they look unstoppable. Yeah, and I mean, um, I would never say it about his brother, but John John Harbaugh is he's a great coach. Yeah, I mean, he's been doing it. Without for, a doubt, he's been doing it for years now with the Ravens. I mean, mm -hmm. if there's anybody that I mean, he's already won a Super Bowl with them. Yeah, like, he beat his brother. Yeah, yeah, which they're gonna get a rematch next season. I don't know if you saw that. Are they? Ravens and Chargers are scheduled to match up next season. Good. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, that will be. Um, you know, John Harbaugh against Andy Reid, two of the best in the league today. Patrick Mahomes against Lamar Jackson, two of the best QBs in the league today. It's just so hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes, you know? Like, every time I do it, I regret it. Like I was saying, it's the inevitable. And Well, I bet it against the Ravens. Not even against them took the texans at plus nine and a half and it they smoked it yeah, yeah it was bad. <laughs> i mean um, the way they dominated the texans i just they're so they're hot right now yeah i mean i thought they were going to give a better fight too but and it was the first half was tight yeah it was it, it was, was 10 just 10. lamar talked about it himself he went off 
on his teammates at halftime in the locker room. Yeah. And you could see that dog came out in that yeah. whole team in the second half. Yeah. I, I think mean, they outscored them 21 nothing in the second half, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. It was bad. Yeah, I it mean, was, they're at home. I just, I got the Ravens. I think the only reason why I'm, I wouldn't say the only reason. I, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take the Ravens. Yeah. Just because they've looked like the better team all season long. Like, how can you go against it right now? Um, but it's also been on a trend with Patrick Mahomes. It's seemed like it's been every other year he's been in the Super Bowl. Every other year he's won the Super Bowl. And he's on that he's on that turn this year to where he doesn't make it. He doesn't win. And as crazy as that sounds, oh, he doesn't win it this year. He just makes it to the conference championship game. Like not too much time is gonna pass when we're gonna be debating him with Tom Brady. I'm telling you this right now. But yeah. I think Lamar. I think you're right. I think Lamar Jackson gets the best of him. I think he's playing the best football in the nation, in the nation, St. College, in the world, in the world. <laughs> um, and he's going to be the MVP for a reason. Um, if I were to bet the Ravens, though, I'd still buy a half a point. Play it smart. Minus yeah. three, for sure, or just take the money line. Probably money line. Probably do. I feel like the last couple of weeks we've taken money line. Probably do like a Lamar rushing touchdown. Pretty sure I had the. Uh, the Bucks plus seven last week when they scored the touchdown and went for two to go make it a six-point game. Yeah. Of course they didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way betting works. But anyways, <laughs> how about the uh, NFC Championship game? San Francisco 49ers against the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell's boys. Just three years since first getting hired to that team, he was getting ridiculed, laughed at, joked on for his first interview. Um, first year in the league. Talk about a qu- major quick turnaround for this Detroit Lions franchise. They're sitting in the NFC Championship game. Just in the same decade, they were 0-16. And they're, you saw that, right? And yet they're yeah. still in the conference championship game before the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Props to this Lions team, man. But yet they're rolling into San Francisco Sunday night, 6-30, as a seven-point dog right now. It opened up at 6.5. Lions been moving back and forth. It's currently sitting at 7 couple things I'll say before I pass it off to you. Debo Samuel's questionable to play for the San Francisco 49ers. I think that's a big deal. Huge deal. Um, I think that'll affect their offense a ton if he's not able to go. Um, And they're coming off a tight win against the Green Bay Packers in a game that you could argue that they should not have won that game. I think it's bigger than an argument. They shouldn't have won that game. Just the way the the Green Bay Packers folded so heavy in that fourth quarter. And then I understand Jordan Love, chance for a game-winning drive, ends up turning it over. But... The game wasn't defined from that one play, in my opinion. There was a lot of other opportunities for the Packers to win that game. Yeah. I mean, hell, they were winning the whole game. And under Kyle Shanahan, I believe they were 0-11 in games when they were trailing going into the fourth quarter before that game. 1-11 now. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but they ended up surviving against a Green Bay Packers team that, you know, they were a good football team this year, but no one thought they were going to make some serious damage against you know, the 49er, at least I wasn't. And then you got the Detroit Lions on the other side. While, yeah, they're coming off huge wins against the LA Rams and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, you saw the stat how over these last five games, they've given up 300 passing yards each game at least. Yeah. And in, I think at least two of those games, they gave up over 400 passing yards. Yeah. And I think something's, something's got something's to break here in this game. As Christian McCaffrey, he's had 13 games this season with over 70 rushing yards. Detroit Lions have not had one game this season where they've given up 70 rushing yards. So 
as a matter of fact, who's the team that's going to break first? And I'm curious what you think. I think the first half of the game is going to be more important than the second half, which okay. Because with the Niners, I don't know if it's Brock Purdy, I don't know if it's Shanahan, but they don't they don't win games when they're trailing. Yeah, in the second half. Yep. And I feel like the Niners have to be winning at halftime to win this game. That's why I kind of thought last week was more of an anomaly because the Packers they looked like they looked like the better team the entire game. They really did except on both the sides of the quarter. football, yeah. except for the fourth quarter. Yeah, um, that's why I kind of think like, why can't they do it again next week? Yeah, I mean, I want to believe in Dan Campbell so bad. You know, it's going to be a good game. It will be. I'd bet line spread all day long. What is it like? It's at seven. Seven. It's at okay. seven. Um, but you know, and just that team, they've been like they haven't been perfect on either side of the ball this postseason, even late in the regular season. Um. But they made key plays when it always mattered most, whether it was a big-time sack, a big-time turnover, um, whatever it was, something that helps them survive to win the game. I just don't know if their defense is going to be able to do enough to slow down Brock Purdy in that crazy offense because you know Christian McCaffrey is going to have a day. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think, that, I think that number breaks for the Detroit Lions. I think Christian McCaffrey will have well over 70 rushing yards in this game. In my opinion, it'll be close. I know they're gonna. I know exactly what you're thinking. They're gonna make Brock Purdy beat him. Yeah, but there's a lot of weapons on that football team. No, yeah, a ton of weapons. That's dangerous because Brock Purdy can beat them. Yes, I agree. He's gotten a lot of hate this year in general, but I he's still a good quarterback. I mean, and and we saw late in the game last week, 49ers defense. You could still argue they're one of the best in the league. I mean, we've been talking about it all season long, all the moves they've made to continue to improve and improve and improve. And man, oh man, can I just give a shout out to Fred Warner. Yeah. He was a player of the weekend last week, in my opinion. He saved that game single-handedly, in my opinion, for the San Francisco 49ers. It was almost as if he was was there on every play. Yeah. I don't know. It was extremely impressive. So I I don't know. I think if the Lions win this game, they're going to have to throw up a ton of points. Yeah. Um, It'll be high scoring, probably. But they can't. They can't give up 350 yards of Brock Purdy and win the ba- and win the game. No, they they've can't. gotten away with it these last few weeks. They're not going to be able to get it, get away with it, especially on the road in San Francisco. With the chance to go to the Super Bowl, they're going to have to tighten up if they're going to want to win that game. Yeah. Who are you taking in the game, though? Niners. Yeah. I love the Cowboys. I think they had a great run, but <laughs> hang on, re say that. So I love the Cowboys, but. Or not the Cowboys. I love the, <laughs> yeah. I love the Niners. Or <laughs> yeah, they, come on. You got it. Third time's charm. I love the Lions. <laughs> I think they've had a good year. but they've had a great year. Great year. Fantastic. Yeah. Way over, you know, just way above what they normally are. Way above expectations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe they wouldn't say that in-house, but, you they know, in the media, that. as a fan. You're running with Way Eric beyond Goff expectations. And- Jared Goff's a good quarterback. He's, he's good, been to the Super Bowl. He's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's not great. No, I didn't say that. But they're doing it with that's my you know, they're doing it with Jared Goff and a lot of young guys. I Jameer think, Gibbs, man. Yeah, Jameer, Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs and Sam Laporta. Yeah. There's been a lot of rookies this season that have made major impacts on their team. Yeah. It's really impressed me as I did not think the rookie class last year was going to be as good as they've been. Yeah. But and, it's been a big deal for this Lions team. Sam Laporta. You could argue he's one of the best tight ends in football already, the yeah, way he's, he's looked. Probably top six. Yeah. And then you got a guy like Jameer Gibbs to go along with Dave Montgomery Yeah, in your backfield. 
he's he's going to be really good. I mean, it's it's not going to be easy for either team to pull this off. I just think, you know, with the 49ers having that home field advantage, it's a big deal. Yeah. No, it is. And Lions being away from home for the first time in a few weeks, I think I think it's going to show. I like the 49ers. I mean, it's going to be I think it's going to be a tighter game than people think. I'm taking Lions spread. If it's a blowout, I'll be surprised. But yeah, you know how we talked about on this pod all the time um, about how the Super Bowl logo with the colors. I guess we like as of right now, we don't know for sure, but it's looking like we may have been right all along. I know we should have put the bet in, and it's going to happen for the (laughs) third year in a row. If it happens, it's crazy. Yeah, it's rigged with the purple and red colors. It is rigged. (laughs) It is rigged. Um, There's no way they don't play on that shit. Like. So it'll be very interesting to, uh, to see it all play out, but it's going to be a very exciting Sunday as there's nothing better than championship weekend in the NFL. To finish out the pod, though, you know how I love my basketball. We got to talk about the NBA as there's some some crazy moves that have gone on just over the last few days, honestly. And with the first one being with the big move over in Milwaukee with the Bucks firing their rookie head coach, um, Adrian Griffin, uh, to bring in former Sixers head coach, Doc Rivers, who was uh, – uh, he was uh, an announcer for ESPN for a good old, like, what, three months? <laughs> he yeah. said, I've had enough of this. Yeah. Um, he's getting signed on a $40 million deal through 2027 um, to coach Giannis Antetokounmpo, Damian Lillard, and the Milwaukee Bucks. What do you think about that move from Milwaukee? I like and, it. And let me – and I'm sorry. I know, I know I just asked you a question, but the Bucks are still second in the Eastern Conference um, after letting go the rookie head coach. Yeah, well. I think they should be first. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, 31 and 13, not satisfied. Because I think they said he lost to the locker room. Yeah. And I do think that matters. It does. For the playoffs, if he doesn't have control over his team and they don't respect him, then it's they're not going to win shit. But the fact that he lost his locker room over the play in tournament, or the, excuse me, the in season tournament, I thought that was a little strange. Like, I feel like that might be players overreacting a little bit over just one basketball game because they lost to the Pacers. And reportedly, that's that was the game that had them lose the locker room. Um, yeah, I mean, you got to beat the Pacers. But another big thing about them is, you know, last season they were um, top five in the league in uh, defensive rating. This season, currently, they're 22nd. I mean, they and lost I feel, the best defender in the league, probably. And that's exactly where I'm getting with. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people were giving him – they were putting a lot of the blame on him when really it was the organization that chose to trade their defensive-minded player for an offensive-minded player. Yeah, You had to have known that was going to happen. You had to have known they were going to regress a good amount because of that. Yeah. yeah. Like you're regressing your defense, but you're upgrading your offense tremendously. Yeah. As much as I like Drew Holiday on offense, I mean, we're talking about Dame time here. Yeah. <laughs> One of the best in the world. Yeah. You can't pass up on an opportunity to get Dame. I mean... I mean, who are you? How should I say this correctly? Um, you know, for the re- for how the rest of the season plays out for the Bucks and how their postseason ends up going, um, are you putting more pressure on Doc Rivers coming in to run this team, or are you putting more pressure on Giannis and the squad? Because thirty-one and thirteen, and the organization still isn't satisfied. I just have a lot of question marks when it comes to that. Yeah, I mean, it's like Ohio State, right? We go eleven and one, and I would say yes and no. We're not satisfied. I would say we yes want Ryan and Day no, fired for going fifty three and four in his past. College football is way different. From I know. The NBA. But I understand. Way different. 
similar concept. You know, they they're winning basketball games and they're not satisfied because they could be winning more basketball games. I mean, I think Doc Rivers is probably a better head coach than Adrian Griffin. I mean, I'd agree with that just because, I mean, we talked about this before we got on the podcast, the type of players that Doc Rivers has coached in his career. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Going back from Paul Pierce, KG, Rajon Rondo, to, you know, Lob City with the Clippers and Blake Griffin and Chris Paul, J.J. Redick, to just last season, uh, coaching the Philadelphia 76ers, blowing that 3-2 lead to my boys, letting JT go ham in that game seven, dropping a 50-burger, coaching Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey. You know, he coached Jimmy Butler, if I'm not mistaken. He was there. James Harden. I mean, he's coached some of the best players of all time. Yeah. I saw he's coached like a quarter of the players that are on the NBA top 75 list. <laughs> he has experience with some of the best in the world. Yeah. He's got a chance to make some magic here with Giannis Antetokounmpo. I honestly don't know what to expect with this tandem. I just honestly don't like the move that you're making it in season, like in the middle of the season. They probably like, felt like they weren't going to win big games, a big series. But I, I just feel like you don't – I don't know if we've ever – seen it with a team that's fired their head coach and they've gone on and won it all that same season outside of, you know, Ty Lue, if I'm not mistaken, they ended up firing uh, David Blatt in the middle of the season. Yeah. Um, moving Ty Lue up to the head coaching spot. And that was the, right. That was the year they ended up coming back down three, one. Yeah. Winning the championship, but he had LeBron James We're talking about the goat. I mean, I know Giannis Antetokounmpo is one of those guys. You could argue he's the best in the world. Yeah. But, you know, he's not LeBron James. No. In my opinion. No, he's not. So, yeah, did I say he's making $40 million? Yeah. Yeah, he's making a lot of money. I would have done the same thing, too. I mean, I think it's a perfect job for him just because of the type of players he's coached in the past. It's similar setting, just coaching two superstars. And he knows his surroundings. Yeah. You know, he knows his enemies in the Eastern Conference. He knows exactly what the Philadelphia 76ers are all about. Granted, he's been away for a while from the Boston Celtics, but and he did blow that 3-2 lead, like I just said. But I guess if you want anyone coaching against those guys, it's Doc Rivers, right? Yeah. Um, out of the candidates available, at least. Um, how about the big move that the Miami Heat made just a couple days ago, acquiring Terry Rozier um, yeah. from the Charlotte Hornets um, for Kyle Lowry and a 2027 first-round draft pick? Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought it was a great move for the Heat. Yeah. He's a great offensive player. That's what they needed. He's a fantastic offensive player. They really needed someone like that. But I just don't know. I'm not too sure how it's going to mesh. You know? Like, yeah, you can put him at the point guard, Tyler Hero at the two, Jimmy Butler at the three, um, whoever you want at the four, honestly. Um, I feel like you could say a handful of guys, and then you got Bam at the five. Um I just don't know if that move is what puts them over the hump. Yeah. Because their expectations is to win it all. As much as people want to disagree that, you know, they were low seed, um, they got lucky last year with injuries, you can say whatever you want. Their expectations is to win it all. Yeah. And I just don't know if this move with Terry Rozier is going to be the piece that puts them over the hump. You know? I thought it was a great move, get, uh, getting that Kyle Lowry salary out of there. Yeah. 2027 first-round pick. That doesn't really matter. And I heard it's protected in the lottery. So if they're a bad team, they're still going to get the pick. Yeah. And then I think they end up just giving them a pick a year later. But I don't know. Uh, I mean, Terry Rozier is a hell of a player. Yeah. You know, he's a former Boston Celtic. <laughs> just had to throw that out there. 
I just don't know if the offense is the piece they need. Like, yeah, they need scoring, but at the end of the day, if they're going to be in the conference championship, they're going to be in the NBA finals. You need defense. Yeah. And he's not, he's not that type of guy. Honestly, I think he's a solid defender, but he's not, you know, top of the charts guy. You want garden the best in the league down, down the stretch at the end of a game. Yeah. Granted, Kyle Lowry wasn't that either. No. So it's still an improvement for that yeah, team. Big time. I know you're still kind of in football mode. You think this Heat team kind of in the middle of the pack right now in the Eastern Conference, are you putting them up there with the Milwaukee Bucks, the new refurnished Milwaukee Bucks, the new refurnished Boston Celtics? Um, you could say new and improved Philadelphia 76ers, but just got rid of James Harden. And Joel Embiid's playing even better than he did his MVP season last year. Yeah. Coming off a 70 bomb, not just a couple nights ago. Yeah. Are you putting them up in that in that category of teams or no? But we never do until they're in the until the playoff time. The conference finals. Yeah. You know, like yeah. <laughs> well, it's because they have the best coach in the NBA outside of you could argue Greg Popovich, but he's so old now. It's like yeah. This guy knows way more about the younger or about the young generation. It seems like he's got a more modern style of coaching. He's coached the best of the best in LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosch. He's taken this Heat team to the finals multiple times now. Yeah. I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be a team to reckon with to be nervous about come playoff time, that's for sure. Yeah. I just don't know if, you know, all these teams, they just they got a lot better this past offseason, while you could argue the Heat got worse. Yeah. And now they're bringing in a big time player who can score buckets at a very high level. But, you know, you add him to Tyler Hero, who's been their leading scorer all season, Jimmy Butler and Bam. All those guys average over 20 points per game. Yeah. Someone's going to have to take a regression in shot attempts. It's probably going to be Terry Rogier. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can, how it meshes. It'll, it, I think I'll it'll, be curious. it'll work out well, I think, for him. Yeah. Just because of Spolstra. Yeah, that's true. To finish out the show, you know, got to talk about the Wild Wild West over there in the Western Conference. Because, um, man, oh, man, how about that? How about that young team over there in Oklahoma City? Yeah. For the first time in 10 years since they had Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook, they're sitting atop of the Western Conference, sitting at 31 and 13, um, tied with the Minnesota Timberwolves, another extremely young team led by young superstar Anthony Edwards. But, Man, what do you think about the Western Conference? I mean, it's kind of all over the place. Like, you got the defending champs, Denver Nuggets, just a half game behind them. They're neck and neck. Yeah. Um, you got the young OKC Thunder with all-NBA caliber player, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Chet Holmgren. He's making a crazy debate to win Rookie of the Year right now against Victor Wembanyama. I mean, those guys have been going neck and neck. They just had a crazy matchup last night, and watching the highlights, it was really fun to watch. Yeah. That's going to be a crazy rivalry for a long time. Um, but then another young team in the Timberwolves atop the Western Conference, followed by the Denver Nuggets. We got a crazy team, in the L.A. Clippers. I have no idea how to feel about them, but they have been, you could argue, as hot as any other team in basketball right now. Um, with the new revamped Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. You got the Phoenix Suns sitting there at five. And then you got some teams that have a lot of promise but haven't really performed this season. Talking about one, the Dallas Mavericks, they're currently sitting in eighth. Los Angeles Lakers, they're still under 500, sitting in ninth. Um, and I don't know how everyone feels about this team, but you know, the Golden State Warriors as well. They're currently outside of the playoffs, outside of the play-in, sitting at 19 and 22. The 
dynasty's over. It's, I mean, it's what <laughs> it's looking like, honestly, but we saw that for a couple of years and they came back in 2022 and won it all. So I wouldn't count them out just yet. Yeah. But with how wild and all over the place this Western Conference has been, I mean, who are your favorites right now? If you had to pick one out of the Western Conference, I mean, I think we could both say Denver's still the team to beat, yeah. obviously. But after that, I mean, you could argue with any of those teams, honestly. Down the road, I think your teams to beat are still probably the uh, the Nuggets, mm-hmm. the Suns. Okay. The Clippers, I think, are uh, still a team to beat. I mean, I love the Thunder just because I think Shea is like the best point guard in the NBA right now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, outside of that, like the Lakers are struggling yeah, bad. Man. The Mavericks are mid. They've been up and down all season long. Yeah, they have a good roster, but... They play better when... Well, I won't say that. Kyrie plays way better when Luka doesn't play. It's because Kyrie wants to run the one. It's his natural position. Yeah, I understand, but there's been a lot of time for these guys to adjust now, and the fact that it still hasn't been happening. I mean, they got a couple more months to figure it out, but, you know, they're sitting in the play-in right now. Yeah. Nothing's guaranteed when you're sitting in that spot. No. It'll be it'll be interesting. West I mean, is all over the place. But let me tell you this right now, I th- I really think the Thunder are going to be a problem come playoff time. Probably. I don't I don't see what how they've been playing all season long. I don't see it changing. No. I mean, I just couldn't believe how good they were in every category. You know, they're third in the league in points scored, they're first in the league in field goal percentage, they're second in the league in three point percentage, they're second in the league in turnovers. They don't turn the ball over. They lead the league in block shots which Chet Holmgren plays a big factor in that. And the only weak spot they have is their 28th in rebounding, but I think a big factor is that's because they don't miss shots. Yeah. And they don't have as many opportunities as other teams to gather in offensive rebounds. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I still think you know rebounding as a whole, it's going to play a big factor come playoff time. But if they can, if they can keep shooting like this, yeah. I mean, their team's not all beautiful big-time names, you know? Yeah, you got SGA, you got Chet, you got Josh Giddy, who <laughs> he's a good player, but yeah, he's been going under some pretty big investigations these last few months. Yeah. Um, you got Jalen Williams, Lou Dort, um, Isaiah Joe off the bench. They got a lot of talent on that team, and it seems like they play like a team better than anyone else in the NBA. Yeah, and it's been showing. Obviously, they're sitting in first place in the Western Conference. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously, you know, I think Denver's a team to beat. Like I said. Um, I think Denver's one of the top competitors. And the other one, you know, I'm going to go with Los Angeles Clippers. And I, I've been saying this for years and years, ever since they got Kawhi and Paul George, and it just has never seemed to work for them. But after the first couple of weeks, after getting James Harden, it seems like they've finally brought it together. Yeah. And when all you got to do is mention the names, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. If those guys can find a way to keep playing the way they've been playing the last few weeks come playoff time, they might be in the finals. Yeah. They really might, especially with the way Paul George has been playing. Yeah. Oh, my God, he's been playing out of his mind. Yeah, I mean, people forget that he was probably the best shooting guard in the league for a while. A couple years. Yeah. Without a doubt. And the only reason he people don't say that anymore is because he can't stay healthy. And he's been second fiddle to Kawhi Leonard for a long time now, honestly. I mean, it's – I mean, they have a great team. They have a great roster. Didn't even mention, you know, I, Terrence Mann. You can say, and, yeah, you can say what you want about it. But they got Terrence Mann, Norman Powell, Ivica Zubats. Yeah, I mean, not the deepest team in the league, but 
come playoff time, they're not going to be needing to run that team. Yeah, I mean, we just named eight guys. Yeah. That's more than enough. I, I As of right now, I would say the Clippers are the sleeper team. Yeah. They're my sleeper sleeper favorite to make it to the finals. Yeah, but the um, Nuggets could not lose another game in the playoffs again like yeah. they did last year just because yeah. of Jokic. Just because, I mean, I don't know if you had a chance to watch that Celtics-Denver Nuggets game last week on Friday. I did watch it, actually. Um, that was probably... As Those were play- the two best teams in the NBA. Yeah, it was the two best teams in the NBA, and it was as much as a playoff atmosphere as you could get. Yeah. As much as a playoff game plan as you could get. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Jokic, I could see a rematch yeah. there, but... Jokic down the stretch. Yeah. Jamal Murray down the stretch. Yeah, he's disgusting. He's a bad man. Yeah. He's a bad man. That duo is just something different. I really didn't believe in that duo until they won it all, obviously, but you know, Jamal Murray proved it in the playoffs last year, and he's just continuing from that. It seems like they just got that championship DNA now yeah. from winning it all just uh, just last summer. And I don't know anyone that can slow down Jokic. I mean, you literally can't slow him down. You know, he plays at his own pace. Yeah. And – you know, the way we played against them, talking about the Boston Celtics, you know, we tried to make him beat us. You know, we weren't letting him diamond. We weren't letting him pass the ball off. You know, you could argue he's a pass first player. Honestly, yeah. you really could. And we were cutting off all of those passing lanes and making him beat us one on one a lot of times. What you can do. He was killing us. Yeah. <laughs> he was killing us. I think that was the game plan we should have went away from in the second half. Wasn't something they did. Yeah. Um, but Jokic can beat you in many ways and you're not going to be able to speed him up. You're not going to be able to slow him down. He's going to play at his own pace. Um, you got to play your best brand of basketball if you want to beat a team like that. And, um, Celtics honestly didn't play that, um, against the Nuggets at home on Friday ended up, uh, ending their, uh, undefeated home record, uh, after starting 20 and one on the season, 20 and O on the season, uh, moved to 20 and one after that. But a big reason why I also like have a lot of confidence in my boys, not just because you can laugh at that all you want, like not just because of the new additions. Yeah. Like obviously you can look at this team and be like, okay, they're the best team in basketball. Yeah. But the most important thing is winning at home. And they've been doing that extremely consistently all season long. Granted, they did lose to the Denver Nuggets, but that was a playoff matchup right there. That was not a regular season game. That was a playoff game. That was a finals preview, if anything. I'm hoping to see seven games of that come June, honestly. But if they can keep playing like this at home, like they have all season long, I think it should they should have no problem in the Eastern Conference. And I know I'm saying that, and some people might be like, okay, hey now. Like there's still a ton of talent in that conference. But if you can win at home as the one seed, nothing else matters, you know, because you always have home court advantage. And that's what it's looking like for the Boston Celtics right now. So, granted – a lot more basketball being uh, left to play. Half the season is gone. Half the season is still left. Got a lot to look forward to. We got All-Star Weekend just a couple weeks away. Um, we're going to be talking about potential All-Star lineups next week um, and who we think should be the starters, who we think the reserve should be, um, and a whole lot more regarding the NFL as we're going we're gonna to know who's going to be competing uh, for the Super Bowl in just a couple days. It's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, crazy. That being said, it was a great first podcast for 2024. Yeah. I'm looking forward to a whole lot more in this uh, beautiful bedroom you you got here in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Not a lot of decor, but that's all right. You could improve, but it's all right. I'm sure it'll come. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe.
right, well. <laughs> that being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And we'll see you guys next week.